Leslie Odom Jr., what an absolute pleasure and honor it is to talk to you. How are you doing? And most importantly, I hope the family and you are safe during this pandemic. Oh, thank you for asking, Rishi. We're all right. We are adapting. You know, creators are gonna create. So we've we found a way to be creative. We found a way to um, keep ourselves safe and, and sound during this time. It's a strange time. That's for sure. Your track with Sia has become a sensation in India, Leslie, and we've been playing it a lot at our radio station. I believe Sia and you are friends, and it all started with her visiting you backstage in a performance of Hamilton. You want to tell us about this collaboration? Yeah, you know, uh, for anybody that knows Hamilton, there's a very you know, the song in the show that people refer to all the time, the room where it happens, room where it happens. But really, backstage at Hamilton was the room where it happened, as it were. I just I met all my heroes. You know, I'd pour my heart out on stage for three hours, and then I'd come out of my dressing room at the end of the night, and I'd meet Steven Spielberg, Oprah Winfrey, Barack Obama, Michelle Obama, and one night, Sia. And uh, we had a really lovely conversation. I remember backstage, and then maybe a year later. I got a DM from Sia on my Twitter account. She wanted to have lunch. And so there's something you'll hear about early next year. We did a film together. Sia directed a film called Music, a musical. It was her feature debut. And I starred in that film with Kate Hudson and Maddie Ziegler. And then, you know, we became friends really after that. She's just a really, as you guys know, she's just one of a kind. She's our, our version of like, you know, she's in the same sort of vein, the same tradition as like David Bowie and Grace Jones and Laurie Anderson, those, you know, the pop singers that really created worlds. But it couldn't have been easy recording in this pandemic, Leslie. I mean, no flights being operational. How do you get the recording process done? That's what, well, you know, what I was saying at the top, Rishi, like we, all these months in, we have found a way. We've been creative. You, you figure out how to do things remotely like we're doing, you know. Sia was, had recorded a few things with her team already. And because this was, it was really spearheaded by Sia's team. Thank God. I love my team, but Sia's team, you know, she's an international pop sensation. So they really took the lead on this and Jesse Shatkin produced it. Jesse produced Chandelier for Sia. Jesse produced this track and he recorded Sia remotely and you know he managed to get this is a song that I already loved very much. It's a song. It's from my debut album of all original music. I loved it in that little small version that I put on that record. But Jesse and Sia have made it something that I could never really have imagined. I, it's, I think it's rare in pop music. I like a lot of pop music but not so much of it is about anything meaningful you know a lot of it is just it's entertainment you know it's fluff which is all we need fluff um but when i wrote this song i wrote it to to mean something and see us sang it like that leslie let's come back to that movie i mean the movie music your co-star is the legendary kate hudson i remember as a little boy going to watch her almost famous in the movies and i was absolutely stunned i fell in love with her and uh, and maddie ziegler who's also featured in a lot of sia's music video being on set filming with those people we all were campers at uh, Camp Sia. You know, Sia, we, there was one crazy summer about three years ago where we just made ourselves available to Sia and her team. And we were having dance rehearsals and music rehearsals and acting rehearsals. It, it really did feel like, you know, performing arts. 
summer camp that I remember from being a kid. And, and we and we made this movie. She's a visionary. She thinks big. And so none of us knew quite what we were doing. We didn't know what we were making, but we trusted her. We trusted her track record and her taste. And I've seen the film and it's, it's really special. It's really beautiful. It took them a while to get the edit right, to get the cut of the movie right, because it's very ambitious. But this last version, I think is really lovely. You also have a Christmas album out. It's called The Christmas Album. And That's it's a combination of some original songs and classic holiday tunes. It's really exciting for your fans because it has a South African choir and I believe also a singing collaboration with your lovely wife. Talk us through that. Yeah, all these years at Post Hamilton, Rishi, if you can believe it, like the thing that I hear about, maybe not in India, maybe soon enough, but in here in the States, the thing that I hear about right after Hamilton the most is my first Christmas album. So this year I had to pivot, you know, I didn't get to tour with Mr. because of COVID and, and I was in the house anyway. And so we, we got creative and we started imagining what people might be in need of this very, this particular holiday season at the end of a very trying year. And so I think the album is joyful and also opens the door for some catharsis. I'm very proud of it. For all of you who are watching and listening, uh, Leslie's other Christmas album that he's talking about is called Simply Christmas. I've gone and checked it out on Apple Tunes as well as Spotify so you must go and check it out the movie career is so successful i love your choice of cinema because it reflects a great social consciousness you know you played william still the abolitionist in harriet which is a true story of slavery and the fight back against it you're also in the animation musical comedy series central park which again asks important questions on how as humans we're destroying our environment so let's talk about those two leslie harriet and central park Yes. Well, Harriet, I grew up in Philadelphia. William Still did the most important work of his life in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, which was the last stop on the Underground Railroad for a while. That last stop had to move eventually up to Canada. But if you were brave enough, lucky enough, fortunate enough to make it through the treacherous hundreds of miles that you had to make it on foot as an escaped slave. You'd follow a, an underground set of stops, a network really, that spit you out in Philadelphia. And a, and a lot of times it was on William Still's doorstep. He would make sure you got set up with a hot meal, a place to stay, a job in a community. And so it was a real honor to represent Mr. Still in the story of Harriet. It's really Harriet's story, though. You could do a whole separate movie on William, to be honest. And then Central Park, yes, on Apple TV, was created by a college friend of mine, a university friend of mine, Josh Gad, who, of course, you guys would know as the snowman, as Olaf in Frozen, in the Frozen franchise. Josh and I were in the same class in university here in the States. And so when Josh calls me, I know two things, you know, that nobody... I'm going to laugh like I don't laugh anywhere else in my life. Nobody makes me laugh like Josh Gad. And I also know that the projects are going to have a certain uh, spirit, you know, because because they, that's just what flows from Josh. He's he's just a good-hearted guy. Late last year, Leslie, you released Mr. the album, and you told us earlier in this chat that Cold was originally a solo song from that album before it became a duet uh, with Sia and you more recently. I find Mr. brings together different styles. I mean, there's jazz, which is pretty much your roots, also some R&B and some pop in there. What I love as the father of two little daughters is that you've incorporated your little daughter speaking and giggling on a track called Hummingbird, which I actually heard just this morning, Indian Standard Time, before I got out of this interview. I think it's lovely. Talk about Mr. the Album. Mr. was, uh, you know, really was the next step for me as an artist. I knew I'd put out 
an album of jazz standards. I put out the Christmas album, but I knew that if I really wanted to try to make an impact as a musician and be more than a wedding band or a karaoke singer, I had to develop my own voice. I had to develop my pen as a writer and step out and say some things be the first singer to, to introduce some songs into the world. And so I talked about it and thought about it for a long time. We said when we went to the record deal, we said we wanted to make the kind of music that Nat King Cole might make today. We didn't know what that meant, but Mr. very much feels like that. We didn't want to make something stodgy or throwback. We wanted to make the kind of music that Nat or Cab Calloway might make today. Because those guys were making contemporary music. They were making dance music in their time, whether it's whether it was, you know, slow dancing or, you know, getting the getting the party started you know those guys were making contemporary music of their time which is what we wanted to do so i'm very proud of how it's turned out and um yeah i hope people will give it a give it a listen yeah in Nat King Cole's words, uh, unforgettable. There's also Regina King's directorial debut, One Night in Miami. I believe you play the great Sam Cooke. A little bit about that, Leslie. Yes, this movie is based on the true story. Cassius Clay, young Cassius Clay, is fighting his, his first heavyweight championship bout in 1964, February. And nobody expects Cassius to win this fight because he's a, he's a new fighter. He's a loud mouth. They don't want him to win. They don't expect him to win. He's, he's facing Sonny Liston, who is the defending champ. And and Cassius wins. There's no victory party planned. The city does not celebrate his victory. They're stunned by it, actually. And so he spends the, this is a true story, he spends the evening hanging out in a hotel room with his three closest friends, who just happen to be Malcolm X, Jim Brown, and Sam Cooke. Wow. Now, nobody knows what went on in that room where it happened but kemp powers beautiful script supposes what those guys may have been going through on a night like that what they might have talked about and really kind of their whole lives are present in that room within a year's time rishi within a year's time malcolm would be gone sam would be gone so it it in hindsight the evening takes on historical significance that on that night, you know, I think they were just celebrating their friend's victory. But when you think about the fact that that might have been the last time that they were all four together, it just, it becomes legend. For Indian fans, Cassius Clay eventually became Muhammad Ali and had such an illustrious career. Will Smith also featured in a movie called Ali. Uh, there's another series, Leslie, which is filmed in the midst of the pandemic in lockdown mode. Unfortunately, your fans in India haven't been able to see it here because it's not available in the region just as yet. It's called Love in the Time of Corona. Now, it might interest you to know that the director of that TV series, Joanna Johnson, is a star in India because her TV show Bold and the Beautiful still has a massive fan following. There have been multiple repeats. You know, she was on that TV show. She played twins, which is Caroline and then Karen Spencer. And she's directing this one. A bit about love in the time of Corona. Yeah, I have to reach out to her. I tell that. Yeah, at that time when we were shooting that, that was the biggest production happening in Los Angeles at that time. It was just, you know, it was Freeform. It was the network that I made. Freeform, they're also uh, they are part of Hulu, you know, same family, the Disney family. They were eager to try to figure out how to be creative again, how to get back up and running. And they had the idea that they wanted to shoot inside the performers' homes. And so they needed to work with actors, with performers who were quarantined together. So of course they thought of married couples first. And my wife and I were on a short list, we found out, and it, it worked out. We stepped on to act in it and also produce as well. And we had a lot of fun. And I actually think we made something that we can be proud of. Lovely. You have to go and you know check out the hashtag Hamilton on 
on Instagram as well as Twitter and you will see so many fans from India. Uh, the Disney Plus service is here. It's very popular and you know I must confess I've never seen anything like it before and I've seen a lot of musicals in India and overseas. So playing Aaron Burr in Hamilton must have been the role of a lifetime Leslie. I mean uh, he's a complicated character, a historical character and playing him must be very close to your heart. Yeah, role of a lifetime for sure. You're lucky if just once if somebody gives you the chance to be the best of yourself. You know, I was just I was the it's good for your it's good for your self-image. It's good for your self-esteem, you know, to to prove to yourself what you're capable of at least once in your life. But I think, you know, that's just for me. I think actually in the end I will be remembered as a useful member of a championship team because it's, it was an exceptional company of artists. Was it not? I mean, David Diggs and Renee, well, these Renee Lee Goldsberry and Philip Sue and Anthony Ramos and Lynn, of course. And I mean, it just the list goes on. So it was a the, the creative experience of my life. And I have endeavored, I, I will endeavor always to try to take the lessons that I learned there and continue to, to keep that bar high for myself and to stay working at my best now that I know what it is. That's very beautifully answered. Well, this is the one that everybody has been looking forward to in India. I mean, the Mafioso Gangster series Sopranos was huge in HBO here. And I believe you're in the prequel, which is The Many Saints of New York. <laughs> and is it a 2021 release? Yeah. And what yeah. do you play? Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I can't tell you exactly what I play because sure. David Chase will be here. David Chase will be here to break my kneecaps. But I'll say this: I work for the family. But it's about yeah, it's about it's a series about young Tony, about a pivotal summer in his life growing up in Newark, and the family members, the people that were around him that helped shape the very famous anti-hero hero that we know so well as Tony Soprano and um, Michael Gandolfini James James's actual son plays young Tony so it's uh, for those people the Sopranos was more than a television show I mean Michael remembers crawling into Tony and Carmela's bed to take his naps when he was a little kid David you know that show was seminal changed his whole life so for them it's more than a television show and they've been really protective over that brand Brand. So I haven't seen it, but I had a wonderful time making it. And I think it's going to be exceptional in the same way that the series was. I have to tell you what really surprised me. I mean, uh, that a couple of years ago, you released a book. Now, I know from writer friends of mine, I mean, Robin Sharma, the Canadian author and life coach is a, is a mate of mine. And Robin tells me how difficult it is to write books like The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari and The 5am Club. And uh, you managed to do that a couple of years ago. It's called Failing Up, How to Take Risks, Aim Higher and Never Stop Learning. So being an author couldn't have been easy. And what's the book about? was not easy. They the publishers came to me and they asked me to write a book, which I said, I kind of was incredulous. I was like, yeah, I'm not the guy. I'm, you know, it's not time for me to be writing my memoirs. And they said they had been watching me a little bit and they said, we see that you seem to have a passion for teaching, mentoring young people. You're going to colleges, you're going to high schools and you're talking certainly with the Hamilton fan base, you know, that had connected me even more with young people. And so they said, what if, you, what if you wrote this book in the form of a commencement address? What if you wrote this book for a graduating class? Wow. And that made a lot of sense to me. Um, number one, in length, not a very long book, you know, but um, it's potent, short and potent. But 
that set me on my way. You know, I said that I can do, I can inspire, I can offer something of value, I think, to people at that, young people at that stage of life. So it, it, it was not easy to write, your friend is right. The main challenge for me was finding the time. I imagined going away to some cabin, giving myself the summer to, you know, and then I, I would emerge from my cabin in the woods with my tome, with my manuscript, you know, and I just never found the time. I was just traveling all around the country with concerts and speaking gigs and performances and movies, you know, I was very lucky, but I was busy and the deadline was fast approaching. And so I just really had to learn how to steal time. Man, I tell you, I was writing, I kid you not, I would write on the way, I would write in the car on the way to the airport. I would write in the car coming home from the airport. I would write if after a concert, I would stay up and write in the hotel lobby. I was writing on airplanes. Like I used to fall asleep on airplanes. I would power up before a six hour flight and that's my writing time. I get six hours of writing time. So I just got it done by hook or by crook. Fantastic. You obviously love performing your music live with a band. A few years ago, there was a performance at the Lincoln Center in New York City. You on stage with a live band, lots of jazz, cabaret-style favorites. You want to tell us about that experience? Yes. You know, that's what I'm in it for. You know, I'm, I'm in it for that communication, that what can only happen between people sharing a space together. It's one of the reasons why COVID and quarantine has been so tough for, for so many of us, you know, not having that proximity. But yeah, that was my Lincoln Center came to me. They do such a wonderful job preserving those nights, preserving those moments for performers. I've watched many of them over the years live from Lincoln Center, and I couldn't pass up the opportunity to do my own. I look forward to the chance to do it again at some point because I didn't get to sing like any Hamilton songs at that time. I wasn't legally allowed now i could be able i would be able to so someday we'll get we'll do another you know feature like the songs from mister it'll feature some of the stuff from the christmas album and the you know hamilton stuff will celebrate all of the work all together as a brown man it's always concerned me and you know indian actors or actors of indian descent have been speaking to me about this but they seem much happier than they were in the past with diversity and inclusion coming into the workspace in hollywood and the west do you think there's enough being done about that leslie uh, or can we do more oh no we can always do more yeah until this the in front of the camera behind the camera executive positions development positions positions at the studio i mean yeah there's always more to do which is exciting that's the wonderful work we have many many firsts that have yet to come you know first indian american to do this the first woman to do this the first you know transgendered person to do this the first asian american person to do this we have many many people that have yet to get into the you know those hallowed halls of power and and to get to be decision makers and collaborators on the, at the highest level so that doesn't depress me i think that the things are a lot better than they've ever been and they're going to continue to get better if we keep pushing we can't take that for granted, of course. Gotta push it. The last few questions. Needle in a Time Stack is a film directed by the amazing John Ridley, who won an Oscar for the screenplay of 12 Years a Slave. And it sees you with Frida Pinto, who is very loved in India, and Orlando Bloom. Is this your first sci-fi film, Leslie? And tell us about it. There's one on, there's another one with Frida on Netflix called Only. Uh, so Frida and I have worked together a couple of times. But yeah, I, don't, I have no idea when that movie is going to come out with John. John is a very famous perfectionist, which I understand, having worked on Mr. for, you know, I was in the recording studio for almost a full year with Mr. So I understand just feeling like it's not ready. It's not ready. It's the same thing happened on the Sia movie. So I, we will see that movie whenever John is ready for us to see it. And I imagine that it'll, it'll show 
all of the hard work and effort that went into it. You made your Broadway debut at 17. That's quite a tender age. Must have been so spectacular. Any early memory that stands out, uh, Leslie? It was in a show called Rent on Broadway. Early memory. I just felt like I'd won a fan contest. You know, I was such a fan of the show. I felt like I'd won, you know, a radio contest. Like For one night only, you get to stand on stage in your favorite Broadway show and pretend to be a part of it. It was just the most unbelievable thing. And that was my wildest dream at 17 years old. If you would have said, you know, say something crazy. Leslie, I would say, ah, maybe I want to be in Rent on Broadway. That's what I would have said. So the fact that it happened, you know, when I left the show, I was a 17-year-old kid without a wildest dream. It took me a while to dream something else for myself because that was it. But I'm very, obviously, very grateful to God, to the universe for giving me that opportunity because that's what it did. It forced me to dream a bigger dream for myself. Let's sign off with your family. Many congratulations, Leslie. I believe your wife and yourself are expecting your second child. I can tell you it just keeps getting better. What kind of a world would you like to see your child grow up in, Leslie? I would like to see my son grow up in a world where he does not feel his life is in danger because of the color of his skin. That'd be enough. Leslie, you've been very generous with your time. Thank you for the music. Thank you for the magic you create with your art, whether it's in cinema or on stage uh, or behind the microphone. And uh, your fans in India look forward to eventually <laughs> when, you know, the pandemic blows over, you coming over and, uh, you know, meeting your fans in person. Thank you very, very much. Oh, thank you, Rishi. Thank you so much.